Well, thank you so much, John. Thank you, Joshua. Uh, thank you, Tom and Jill. Uh, and thank you so much uh, for Ben Curry yesterday, helping to put this together, working hard here at the church house. Uh, thank you, Kim, for serving us and helping us to meet in this beautiful setting and transitioning from the other room to here uh, to just bring some beautiful light into our service today. And of course, light has already been brought into our service today by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we look forward to the Holy Spirit moving and touching our hearts as we open God's word together and celebrate Christ's resurrection. So if you open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28, we're going to uh, read Matthew 28 this morning. And um, I'm so thankful for the opportunity that we have today, brothers and sisters, to just give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. He has been so amazing in all that he has accomplished for us. And we're going to celebrate that this morning as we look at his resurrection from the dead. From Matthew chapter 28, let's read verses 1 through 20 together this morning. Let's read. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole away, stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The title of the message this morning on this happy Resurrection Sunday morning is Jesus Risen and with you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you are risen and with us. Lord, thank you for the hope of the resurrection. And Lord, we look forward to seeing you at your second coming as well. And Lord, today, I pray that you would move all of our hearts and touch our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. If there's anybody who has never repented of their sins and trusted in you, Jesus. Open up their eyes, Holy Spirit, so that they might trust in Jesus the Son and his finished work on the cross and in his resurrection from the dead and that they might believe and be saved. For your church, comfort 
your church this morning, Lord, with the truth that you are indeed risen and you are always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of our uh, fun family traditions is that we like to take Resurrection Sunday pictures of our kids out by a blooming tree in our backyard. Now this year, the tree bloomed a brilliant pink color, so it would have been a lot of fun. Usually we take the picture with their Easter Sunday outfits on, uh, but this year might be the only Resurrection Sunday picture where they're in their pajamas, like some of you might be right now. And uh, you never thought of needing to take a picture like this with them possibly wearing masks and needing to stand six feet apart from one another as well. In fact, I'm sure there's some way for each of us to have fun with taking a picture like that today. To the degree that you're comfortable, we can share them with one another and have fun with it as a church family. However, it, it does illustrate the unusual season we are all in right now related to the coronavirus, where we are not able to enjoy greeting each other as brothers and sisters in Christ at church together as we all desire to. I look forward to that day, church, as I know you do, where we can be together again. I enjoyed the church prayer meeting the other night on Good Friday and getting to see your faces there. But it's not the same thing as being together with you in person and shaking your hand and greeting you. But the beauty of resurrection mornings like this one always make me think of what the early morning garden where Jesus' tomb was must have been like on that holy morning when the ladies arrived to go and visit Jesus's tomb. This story is, is beautiful and it's also quite strikingly dramatic. And so the first point I want to hit is Jesus is risen. We see the, the strikingly dramatic nature of what takes place here after Christ's crucifixion and burial when the word of God says in verse one, now after the Sabbath toward the dawn of the first day of the week. I want you to imagine Mary Magdalene and the other Mary going to see the tomb. Verse 2 says, and imagine what this must have been like. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone. And there's a touch of humor here in that the angel of the Lord sat on it. Verse 3 says, his appearance was like lightning. I can't wait to go to heaven and be with Jesus for many reasons. But one of the glorious things is going to be to see the shining ones, yes. the angels gathered in their myriads upon myriads, worshiping the Lord like this one angel, this one angel that was so striking in his appearance that the effect of this angel doing what this angel did here in verse three, with his clothing white as snow, caused the guards, to tremble out of fear of that one angel. Mm -hmm. These warriors of Rome, trembling, and it says here in verse 4, that they became like dead men. It was like these men, accustomed to war, were paralyzed with fear because of what they saw. This is a, a beautiful morning interrupted by a strikingly dramatic moment where the earth quakes and an angel comes down like lightning, rolls the, th uh, the stone away unassisted. We are talking about power from heaven here. And then the angel 
sits on the stone. Almost in a spirit you might think of, nice try. (laughs) And his appearance was like lightning. His clothing, white as snow. Oh, brothers and sisters and friends, this was a glorious, glorious moment. And here we have the two Marys. What was their reaction like upon seeing this? The angel speaks. The angel testifies to something. And what does he testify to? He says to the women, do not be afraid. That's interesting with guards laying deathly afraid to the point of being paralyzed and becoming like dead men. But these two women are empowered to listen to the testimony of this angel and listen to what this angel testifies to. He says, I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen. This angel testifies to the truth that Jesus is risen. And he testifies to this truth not only by saying it himself, but also pointing out the fact that Jesus said that this would happen. He says here in 6b, as he said when Jesus was still alive, as prophet, priest, and king, Jesus is also prophet. And as prophet, he not only predicted that he would die, but also that on the third day, he would rise again. Numerous times throughout the Gospels, this testimony and this prophecy of Jesus is recorded. And the angel here makes reference to the fact that Jesus said this was going to happen. And here the angel is saying that what was once prophecy is now fact. Jesus is alive. He has risen. And then the angel immediately says to the women, as if having rolled the stone away, he rolls it away for their benefit and says, come, I want to show you some evidence here. Some evidence of the resurrection, dear women of God. Look inside. Look inside of this empty tomb. Come, see the place where he lay. This angel testifies. This angel points to the fulfilled prophecy of Jesus. And this angel shows evidence and proof to these women who came to see Jesus. Most likely they just had expectations of standing outside of a tomb that had been sealed. They got something beyond their wildest dreams this morning as they walked into that garden and saw this dramatic, dramatic story unfold. And they look inside of the tomb and they see Jesus wasn't there. The happy news that Jesus wasn't there. Now this evidence still stands all the way now into 2020 as much as it did on the first day when it took place. Jesus isn't in his tomb. He's alive. Now all the other stories of all the other false religions of the earth testify to dramatic things taking place, but their bones are still in the grave. But what we have as Christians is not only a crucified Lord who died on the cross, shedding his blood to atone for the sins of any sinner who will repent and trust in him, we have a resurrected Lord, a resurrected Savior who came out of the grave alive on the third day, just as he promised He would. This angel says to these women, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He immediately sends them on mission to go and tell the good news. And behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. And so they have expectation of seeing Jesus yet off into the the near future. But Still some time yet before they'll see him actually alive, and at least they thought. See, I've told you, and so they departed quickly from the tomb, and look at the reaction with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And verse 9, what 
a dramatic moment we have in verse 9. And behold, Jesus himself meets them. And said, greetings. Now he had said this exact phrase, greetings, numerous times before to them. But here this word greetings literally means rejoice. And these women, they, they came up and the reaction is so telling. They, they fall to their knees. They fall down and they take hold of the newly resurrected Jesus's feet. And perhaps even as they took hold of his feet, they could have seen the pierced markings of his feet that had taken place only three days earlier. And they worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell, and I love this word, my brothers, not my disciples. He didn't say that word, though he could have. My brothers. As if to say, they all fled and deserted me in my darkest hour of need in the Garden of Gethsemane on Thursday night. Even with all of their bold testifyings that they would go with me to the end and die with me. They all fled and left me all alone to die on the cross with no support around me. Even when I was forsaken by my father, receiving the wrath that they deserved for their sin, God brought it all down upon me to suffer in their place. But I've forgiven them. And I want to see them. I long to see them, to restore them and assure them of my love and that they have been forgiven and that they are not just my followers, but they are my brothers. And there in Galilee, they will see me. Point one is Jesus is risen. Friend, we have the angels' witness and testimony to this as we move into point two. Faith or unbelief? Question mark. These are the two responses in the text that we see. There is the testimony of this angel. And I was reading the testimony of this angel, friend, to... Listen to the testimony of this angel testifying himself that Jesus is alive, also testifying to the fulfilled prophecy of Jesus himself, and also showing the evidence of the empty tomb to where the two Marys are eyewitnesses of it. They see that the tomb is empty. They come out, and then the two women themselves, as a, as a fourth evidence here, they see the resurrected, alive Jesus himself. What will your reaction be to this testimony this morning? Well, it'll be one of two things, just as the scripture lays out here. Will it be faith, like these two women who fell at Jesus' feet and they worshipped him? They ran from the command of the angel when he sent them to go and proclaim the good news of the resurrection to the disciples, they literally ran and they were filled, they were faith-filled with a fear, a holy fear and a joy that flowed out from their faith. And what a wonderful evidence of saving faith and belief in the truth and that they did not loiter or linger around at the empty tomb. They ran to tell the proclamation of the good news. And may we as the church run to the nations to proclaim the good news of not only the crucified, but the resurrected King Jesus, our Lord, this morning. Will we believe? Will we trust in Christ ourselves. 
Believe in the witness. Believe in the witness of this angel. Believe in the testimony of Jesus himself. Believe in the eyewitness testimony of these two women this morning. And trust in Jesus Christ that he is risen from the dead. And trust in him and believe in him. And friends, set all doubts aside while you still have time before he comes again. Trust in him because then it will be too late. Believe in him and repent of your sins and he will save you. But you must trust in him. You must and I must, as these two women did, we must fall at his feet and lay hold of those feet and worship him. Don't linger. Run. Run to believe. Do it today. Do it now. Set all doubts aside and all unbelief aside. This is 100% historical eyewitness fact. This is not just some religious story, some fairy tale. This happened. This is real. Believe it. Believe it. Or perish. And we see here the other reaction in the second section, the, the sad, sad second section that just seems like it just kind of runs and runs on and on and on as it has done from this day all the way till now in 2020. There's this sort of opposing storyline. The elders had taken counsel and they, in verse 12, they said, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers. We see what happened here. It's all a lie. And said, tell people. Tell people a lie. His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. What I love about this story is you got guards posted. You got a stone that cannot be moved by human hands without great, great power and engines to move this stone and these guards there who knew that they would perish with their life if they didn't fulfill their duty. And it's like the Lord just secures all around the, the, the vaulted tomb with Jesus inside of it. The reality that this story here of the, the disciples who were terrified for their life, depressed, discouraged, hidden away for fear of their own lives after their Lord had perished, had somehow had the presence of mind to come down to the tomb in the middle of the night and steal Jesus' body out from underneath of these guards, having moved a stone in the middle of the night themselves. Friends, listen. It takes more faith to believe that lie than it does to believe the truth, which is that Jesus is alive. But the world will continue to tell it and does continue to tell it. I was listening to a podcast this week of someone talking about just the, the myth of the resurrection and the far-fetchedness of the story. Friends, on this day, as it is today, those lies come from the father of lies, the evil one, Satan himself. And it says in verse 15, so they took the money and they did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. And it has been spread even to this day. And it continues to be spread. But no matter how much that false story is ever spread, it's never, ever the truth. And the good news in the midst of this is that truth runs faster than lies. Yes. These women carrying the truth of the good news of the resurrection to Peter and to John starts them off in a sprint back down to the empty tomb to see the evidence themselves as we see in the other gospel accounts. And we just see the truth run and it continues to run. And it ran all throughout the Mediterranean throughout the first century as thousands upon thousands of people trusted in Jesus' resurrection and God built his church upon the glorious truth of Christ's resurrection, and, and he continues to build his church. You trust in him today, and come and be part 
of Christ's church. Come and be part of our church as we are on a mission to proclaim this truth to Berks County and to the world. Because there's nothing more important than this. There's nothing more important than your eternal soul. Even your current health and maintaining your current health in the midst of this current coronavirus pandemic is not as important as your soul today. If you're listening to this and you're an unbeliever, God has given you this opportunity right where you're at right now. Please repent. Please trust in Jesus and be saved and be delivered from death itself and the fear of death this morning. That's the best thing you can do in this coronavirus season. It's better than any preventative because this is ultimate and this is the remedy that you're looking for. Right here, the search is over. Believe and trust in Christ. Don't give yourself to the lie and the unbelief. Or, friend, you will be damned to hell on the final day when Jesus comes back in all of his glorious reality. He's coming again. The resurrected Christ is coming again to bring his church home and to bring forth final judgment upon all unbelievers and upon the father of lies, Satan Mm. himself. But church, take heart. The truth runs faster than the lie. You know, Shannon showed me and the kids a video of what people were doing around this time last year. One of those things was toward the end of April, Avengers Endgame came out. And we remembered going and seeing it opening night. Shannon and I surprised the kids with tickets for the Thursday night late show just prior to opening day. I was at the Regional Assembly of Elders for uh, for our family of churches, Sovereign Grace Churches, and, and my family came and they picked me up and we surprised them by taking them to see the movie. The video Shannon found this week was reactions of the moviegoers last year in the theater to the epic moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. It was a fun, enthusiastic, emotional audience and there's recording of reactions of the audience in dramatic moments in the movie that if you've seen the movie like me you'll you'll love like when Thor's hammer lifts off the ground just a little bit and then flies and hits Thanos and then comes back into the hands of Captain America and the audience went crazy in this video Shannon showed us and we were enjoying it because Captain America was now worthy to wield that one-of-a-kind weapon or when Captain America looks like he's all alone and he's beaten up and yet he gets up on his feet to walk toward Thanos and his entire army courageously to take on evil one last time. And all of a sudden, Sam or Falcon, who we thought was dead, comes in through Cap's earpiece. Cap, are you there? It's Sam. And the first portal opens up and Black Panther and his sister and the general come through And then Falcon follows, and the crowd in the theater went crazy. All the other portals then open up, and the other Avengers come through, and the crowd in the theater continued to go nuts. And then Cap and the others realize they are not alone, and Cap says, Avengers, assemble. And the crowd went crazy in the theater as they all charged down the hill into the face of the enemy. Now, of course, the most intense reaction is the climactic surprise at the end of the movie when the one in 14,605,000 last chance arrives. And the only one who can stop Thanos from destroying the entire universe is Iron Man. And just in the nick of time, when Thanos is about to raise his arm and snap his fingers with the Infinity Gauntlet, Iron Man grabs his hand for a few seconds and then seemingly gets punched away. Thanos lifts his hand and says, I am inevitable, and snaps his fingers, and nothing happens. And the crowd is stunned. Thanos is stunned. He turns his hand around, and all the stones are out of his gauntlet to his dismay and to all of our surprise. And he looks over at Iron Man, and Iron Man raises his fist 
And he's got the stones all attached to his hand. And he says in his dramatic moment, and I am Iron Man. And he snaps his fingers and Thanos is defeated. And the theater that they were recording this video in goes absolutely berserk with joy. It was such a cool video to watch. And it brought back the fun memory of last year when we could go to the movies together as a family. (laughs) Now, one of the reasons I love movies like Avengers Endgame, and I hope you do as well, is the dramatic victory of good over devastating forces of evil. The dramatic victory of good over the devastating forces of evil. There is a reaction to that when it is portrayed dramatically in film that is intensely celebratory. And the deep reason that happens in moments like that for the Christian is that moments like that in movies map onto biblical reality. Because that is how our story will end. In a massive overturning of evil, right when Satan looks as if he and all his demons and men are going to overwhelm and shut the light of hope out forever. We are sitting here on the other side of Christ undoing what would have been our worst nightmare ever, church. Saving us. And now, as the days grow darker and we seek to shine for Jesus in this ever-darkening world, we await the day when Christ will dramatically return like lightning and will bring climactic victory with overwhelming force as he enters the battlefield and ends it. The disciples weren't able to stop Satan from unleashing the full force of evil on Jesus when he went into the valley of death, heading toward the cross to die for our sins all alone. They were so overwhelmed, the disciples were, by the evil on that day that they all scattered from Jesus and fled. One denied him three times. Another betrayed him. Satan did his worst on that day. The day of Christ's death. And through wicked men under his power, he saw to it that our Jesus suffered the full measure of physical pain and tortured him before he died. And when Jesus died, it all seemed hopeless. Mm -hmm. But what was done was done. Mm -hmm. And it could not be undone. Or so they thought. And the disciples' hopelessness and depression set in. Their hopes connected with Jesus were over because Jesus was dead and buried. And then on the third day, God the Father, it was as if he snapped his finger I'm God. Up, Jesus. And Satan's worst nightmare came to pass. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus was raised from the dead. Satan's head was crushed with a mortal wound. And now he is left to linger for a few moments and stumble around. And he rages all he can, but he cannot stop as the risen Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, not only has bound him, but is plundering his house, even right now as we speak. And all Satan can do is watch as the gospel goes forth to the nations. And then the end will come. And that moment will be like God the Father Snapping his finger again, saying, Return, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the trumpet will blast. And that day of final judgment will be Satan's eternal doom. Though Satan fights to stop it, and even though he will rage unbound at the very end, just before Christ's return, bringing great darkness on the earth, When the risen Christ comes back in all of his glory with all of his holy angels with him, church, he will unleash hell on hell's creatures and cast Satan into the bottomless pit of hell forever. Satan will see and feel his defeat and know that all of us whom he sought to sift like wheat and devour like a lion, now we're rejoicing. Safe and sound forever.
in the presence of the one who made an end of him. Mm. There is no reaction of celebration that will be as intense as that reaction of celebration when the dead in Christ rise up out of their graves at the great trumpet and rise, rise from the dead just like Jesus did to meet our Lord Jesus in the air. Loved ones who have died now and who are in the grave called forth. And those of us who are still alive on the earth, as 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says, we who are left will be caught up together with them Mm. in the clouds Mm. to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 18 just ends with, therefore, Encourage one another with these words. They are very encouraging indeed. And once again, I say, this is the truth of what is happening right now. This is where all of human history is going to culminate at. We either trust in Christ and are saved and will be raised unto eternal life to enjoy Christ with our sins forgiven, or we hold on to our unbelief and our doubt and will not repent, and we are raised unto judgment and eternal damnation on that final day and are terrified when Christ comes back in all of his glory. But dear church, my brothers and sisters, this isn't a movie, this story. This is reality for us. That's the glorious victory we are awaiting and still are experiencing and will experience together. When Christ returns, the firstborn from among the dead, the first one raised from the dead, represented by this day, we as God's children will likewise be raised from the dead into our new, powerful, glorified, imperishable, instructable, indestructible bodies that we will enjoy eternal life in forever. We will see Jesus face to face with a body just like Jesus' resurrection body, though without the scars. We will be raised and we will meet him as he returns in great and final victory. All evil will be utterly subdued as devastating wrath and just judgment will come in blazing fire upon all the wicked. But we, we will always... Be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another in your family today with these words. Amen. And let us never forget on this happy resurrection Sunday morning that because of what God has done in raising Jesus from the dead, for believers in Christ, there is another happy resurrection morning that will come in all of our futures. We will be raised, as Tom read during worship today. He has been raised, and we, as believers, will be raised, just as Jesus was raised. And that is going to be the wildest celebration and family reunion ever. I can't wait. And the final point is, Jesus is with you. After the belief... And all the unbelief in this passage and even some doubt that still remains amongst the believers. You see here, Jesus gathering the disciples together. It says they worshiped him, but some doubted. I think it's so glorious that in Christ's elect and those he saves, that even amongst them, even after he was raised and they saw him, there was still that in the midst of their worship, there was still some doubt. And yet God doesn't cast them aside because of their doubts. He draws them in close. And erases all their doubts, like in the case of Doubting Thomas, as Tom read for us so well this morning. If you still struggle with doubts, God's not going to cast you aside. Mm. He's going to continue to pursue you and reveal himself to you. Mm. 
But will you fall on the ground today and take hold of those precious feet and worship him? Jesus says, he sends us on mission, church. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This promise here that I am with you always comes from the now resurrected Christ, who by the power of the Holy Spirit not only is with us, but actually dwells, church, within us. When we believe in Jesus, there's something glorious that takes place. Theologically, it's called our union with Christ. And I've got good news for you this morning. You're not just united, dear believer, to Christ. You're united to the resurrected Christ. And that is a very special detail to take to heart. In relation to Jesus being with you in our current time, so many people are needing to be apart from one another, even loved ones. There's so much sad news out there. John Krasinski of the show The Office started a YouTube channel. You may have heard of it called Some Good News. It's actually a really cool channel with a a lot of wonderful, heartwarming stories that are taking place during this season with the coronavirus. One of the things that he was showing was that there's pictures of relatives as they're drawing as close as they can to their, in some cases, dying loved ones, but they can only be with them through glass. There's this story of a wife who's suffering from Alzheimer's. She's in a nursing home that has been locked down and quarantined. And her husband is seen in this one video on the other side of the glass singing Amazing Grace to his wife. And she, with memory recall, is singing Amazing Grace with her husband on the other side of the glass. And they sing it together. That is a happy, wonderful story worthy of the Some Good News Network. But as happy as that is, it's also a sad story for the husband cannot be with his wife. We have a message to tell this world that is frantically doing all it can do right now to stave off death. You want to know what a lot of the panic is about? The panic is just this generation of human beings so scared to death to die because they have no hope but this life that they're doing everything they can to stave off death, imagining that somehow they have the power to somehow stave it off in their own power and their own strength. Listen, all this world and all of its power, all it can offer are quarantines, social distancing, masks, hand sanitizers, and maybe vaccines when they finally catch up on the science to offer it to try to protect us from a microscopic virus that can kill us. We are weak. We are frail as human beings. But the God we serve has something more long-lasting and comprehensive of a healing plan than that. If you believe Jesus, God will unite you together with the indestructible one. The resurrected Christ. And having died and been raised, he cannot die again, scripture says. Death no longer has mastery over him. Put your hope today in the one who has conquered death. And not in the things of this world and the franticness of trying to stave off death. Mm. Listen, of course you want to keep on breathing. So do I. We all do. But, but set your hope not on breathing one more breath of this fallen world's air. Set your hope on breathing in one day the fresh air of the new heavens and new earth that only Christ can give to you if you believe in him. Long for breathing in the fresh air of the new Jerusalem and not the air in this fallen world. We have the one who didn't live his life to try to avoid death. But he met it head on. Yes. And at full speed. And he willingly, Jesus did. He was willingly struck down 
He willingly suffered himself to be struck down by death so that on the third day, he could strike it down forever for those who believe. Christ offers life. He offers resurrection life to you today, to everyone who will put their hope in him. To those that do, he sends us on a mission and promises to be with us. I am with you always, Jesus says. Jesus' nearness that he promises in this passage, his being with us, even right now, in the midst of this time with the coronavirus, is never altered by anything. His nearness is never altered by anything. We are never social distanced from Jesus Christ as believers in Christ. We are never quarantined from him. Jesus never is limited to comforting his bride from behind glass. Nor does he ever need to stay six feet apart from you and nor will he ever stay six feet apart from you. He is so near to you that the scriptures say he's the shade at your right hand. He dwells within you. Dear Christian, Jesus is with us and dwells within us. Take heart this morning and do not be afraid if you have trusted in Christ. Because Jesus is risen and Jesus is with you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for what you have done and thank you that you have conquered over the grave. You have the power today to deliver everybody in this world from death and the fear of death if they will repent of their sins and trust in you. Lord, I pray that they would. Even as we go into worship here in closing, I pray that every sinner would repent and believe in you. Lord, I pray that anybody who would doubt your resurrection, that you would bring all doubts by the power of the Holy Spirit down right now in the name of Jesus and doubt would be replaced with saving faith, believing faith, believing without doubt as the scriptures call us to do. Lord, we thank you so much for your finished work on the cross. And Father, we thank you for raising your son up from the dead. And we thank you as well for the glorious hope that we have in the midst of this fallen world, beset with viruses and sickness and all kinds of effects of the fall. That Lord, this is not the end. Lord, our end for believers in Christ is a happy ending. And we thank you that your resurrection has secured that happy ending for us forever. And so now, Lord, help us as your people to grab hold of your feet and cling to you and to draw near to you in worship as the two Marys did on resurrection morning and to worship you with reverential fear and rejoicing. For you are the Lord. You are God, Jesus. And we worship you as only you are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday morning, church.
bless you all.